This is a podcast from WSUM. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not reflect the views of WSUM, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, or its Board of Regents. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome back to Sex Out Loud's podcast with WSUM. Really excited to finally kind of get into um, some content today that we'll talk about. Um, my name is Bella. I'm Annie. And I'm Jordan. And we are all um, part of Sex Out Loud's staff. Um, so for those who don't know, Sex Out Loud is UW-Madison's peer-to-peer sexual health resource. Um, we offer a variety of different programs about sex as well as free, safer sex supplies um, with an office on um, UW-Madison's campus that has a library of different resources as well as peer-to-peer counseling. Um, and so today we're coming from WSUM to provide this podcast and talk about different um, things involving sex, sexual health, um, different questions that we might have. Um, and then today we're going to be um, coming on to talk about a question that we asked on the radio um, that you may have heard about alcohol and consent and kind of how those two things play into each other, especially on a college campus. Um, So first we're going to get into consent a little bit. Yeah, so for today's episode, we're just going to go over first the basics of consent. Uh, We're going to then eventually, uh, like Bella said, get into how alcohol plays a role as well as how um, we can effectively and even even sec- like sexually ask for consent. Um, this might get into um, some content about sexual assault and rape. So we just want to make a content warning about that in case that's something uh, we don't really want to be listening to. Then feel free to turn us off, of course. Um, pr- take care of yourself. Um, but first, we're just going to get into it. Um, so first, at Sex Out Loud, we like to start with the definition of what consent is. At Sex Out Loud, we define consent as a clear, freely given, informed, continuous yes and not the absence of a no. Now, this definition is different than some other organizations um, you might have encountered. Planned Parenthood does have a definition that is that says that consent is freely given, reversible, informed, enthusiastic, and specific. Uh, now, we think this is another great definition, but we just have... Um, particular issues with the words reversible and enthusiastic when it comes to Planned Parenthood's definition. Um, So instead, we replace reversible with continuous yes, and um, we don't specifically talk about enthusiastic as that can be a pretty um, subjective term, and there's not always a concrete definition of what enthusiastic is. Um, But yes, that's our definition of consent, and Torian's now going to talk about um, what we mean by it explicitly. Yeah, so with our definition, there's a lot of different parts to that. So we just want to break it down. So first, when we're talking about clear, what do we mean by that? Um, I don't know. Well, what we mean by that is, like, that any, like, indication of consent is um, very, like, obvious and indicated um, in, like, an understood way. Like, the person you are engaging in a sexual activity with, like, you know, can clearly tell that you're giving consent. Yeah, it's very clear that mm-hmm. everyone involved in the sexual activity wants to be involved in the sexual activity. Yeah, yeah. and like asking for consent, saying like, do you want to go up to my room? That isn't a very clear way to ask because that could mean anything like, 
we don't know what that means. Yeah, so then going into the next part, freely given, um, when we're talking about that, we just start saying the absence of coercion. Yeah, does anyone have any more examples of freely given? Yeah, I think that's just, it's going to be really important when we're talking about alcohol and um, also drugs when you're talking about freely given because um, alcohol and drugs can be uh, many ways of coercion in which a person is not freely giving their consent or giving their consent in general. So I think um, those are two things like coercion, alcohol, and drugs is really important to talk about. And we'll definitely obviously get into that and the complications with that as well. Um, yeah. But I think those are important things to talk about with or talk about the freely given aspect. Yeah. And also expanding to like any sort of pressure like someone might feel or like obligation yeah. because of a relationship they might have with someone. Yeah. yeah. So then the next part informed that can be a lot of things um, talking about if we have any other partners, um, what barrier methods we're using, if we're on birth control, um, our STI status. And then, so these two, the last two parts, continuous, yes, and not the absence of a no are pretty big. So does anyone want to dive into what we mean by um, a continuous yes? Yeah, so it's that if a person um, or a partner that we're with or our partners that um, we keep uh, yeah, checking in during the activities and making sure every, um, everyone involved is still giving consent, still comfortable with what's going on, still like, you know, down for what's ever happening and really and also into it and, you know, freely giving it. Because um, it can be, like, withdrawn at any time. Yeah. 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 So it's actually what we like to talk about a lot, like the stoplight system, that, like, if you ever have a continuous yes, it's kind of like a green light. So it's, yeah, go, do, do what you're going to do. But if at any point there is a no or even, like, maybe hesitancy for a guess or like a kind of unsureness we just say like that is a green a red light and that is just like a stop everything that's happening yeah but mm -hmm. it's kind of better to assume that we have a red light that we're not being given that yes until we get a green light so that we're yeah. not you know just assuming that we can keep continuing with whatever exactly yeah so with that we can talk a little bit more about alcohol and consent i think this is a really tricky topic yeah yeah especially like because we are like a lot of us on a college campus where like alcohol is very commonly consumed and often mixed with sexual like activities yeah yeah and I think well um if you uh the listeners out there have heard us on the radio our question of the week or last week was a question about um, if we are engaging with sexual activities with a significant other, a boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever, um, or even any, just any partner, um, if we're both drunk or, or we're really drunk, is that is there consent happening in that situation? I think that's like we get a lot of questions about that at Sex Out Loud. Yeah. Um, and again, it's very complicated, like you guys just said. And, yeah, the answer is also complicated. Or yeah. It's not a black and white answer, I guess. So I don't know if everyone's gone through the Get Wise program from freshman year. Um, they do say that any alcohol in your system means it's not consensual. That's kind of the official statement on that. Mm -hmm. But we at Sex Out Loud, it's not – we don't think it's realistic that, you know, any – like we're on a college campus. There's a lot of drinking, and people are going out and hooking up with people after drinking. So – it's it does make this a complicated topic like yeah I think people, and, yeah yeah right. and that's why like we like to say that it's kind of a way to like be 
check in with yourself and kind of know like how you feel yeah and if like there's any place where like you or someone else ever feels unsure then you know maybe like having sex or doing any sexual activity might not be the best decision that night yeah just to be safe really and then when they say and get wise about like there not being any consent if there's alcohol in your system it's just like not re- like there's not it doesn't pertain to the reality of college mm-hmm. or even i think in general in life like people are gonna drink people are gonna you know be on you know there's like substances people are gonna be using and like and in those times there are like you can you can freely give your consent or we do have the power to do that um but it definitely it needs to be noted that uh if there's ever a certain situation in which there was substance use and there wasn't any consent given then that is considered sexual assault so we're not saying that like any alcohol in system means that there's no consent but we're also not saying that um with the substance abuse that this can lead to not consent like it's there again it's very tricky to talk about yeah i think we can kind of segue into talking about what consent culture means versus hookup or rape culture. Yeah. Um, because I think this is really important, like creating a culture of consent mm-hmm. when we're talking about drinking and having sex, because like if we're all kind of affirming this idea of consent and like making holding each other accountable and making sure that we're creating a safe environment for everyone, then it can definitely be a lot easier um, when we're talking about alcohol involvement. Um yeah, we kind of talk like some people can have the intention to like go out. Maybe they're going out to the bars or a party and they want to hook up with someone and they're drinking, but sexual assault can still happen there. So I think that's really important. There's like this assumption like you wanted to hook up with someone like that's not sexual assault. It it still is. Yeah. And I think it's important to like when you're talking about um, consent culture and hookup culture is that I think, you know, hookup culture ends up you know kind of it, it can get kind of complicated in which it doesn't really demonstrate consent culture as much as it should um and i think it's important that like on a campus as like a college campus or in a situation a setting in which people are going to be under substances which is just you know a lot of times in life um that having that consent culture um or you know supporting that and like through our actions and asking for consent and following by like the stoplight systems and things like that um is really important so that when you are in situations in which there is substances and things like that or you know college people are looking to hook up and things like that um at text lab like be like like everyone should have like yeah like you said before jordan the the red light before there's ever a green light so going into any situation whether and like party setting, hookup setting, if someone wants to hook up, like you still have to, even if they say they want to hook up, they're supposed to be the assumed, like, I haven't been given consent yeah. yet, so this mm-hmm. can't proceed yet. Yeah. I think it's just always kind of being better to be safe than sorry. Like, just really, like, yeah. know that there are different factors that are involved when you're drinking. And it, ex- like we've said, like it extends to even when there's not alcohol, like we still should be like making sure we have that consent. But it's just like, in some ways, kind of, it seems like the stakes are a little higher because we, we're not exactly sure like what's going through someone else's mind. So like, if things do seem like a little uncertain, it might be better to just like spend the night like talking, you know, or mm-hmm. doing something else or like going to get something to eat. You know, instead of like, yeah, yeah, 
need to be going straight having sex at least you know, that night cuddling's fun. <laughs> yeah like cuddling yeah. you can make out if you want like mm. yeah it also like when we ask for like the consent like it doesn't have to be very robotic like do you consent to this like we also have a lot of different ways we could we could ask for it or like yeah. say yes to it <laughs> Maybe we can give some examples of yeah, that. Yeah, no, we get some great ones that sucks out loud <laughs> at our programs and everything. Yeah, so, I mean, we can get fun with it um, or kind of keep it simple. So, like, some ways to ask for consent. You could say, I would really love to kiss you. Is that okay? Or we could do something maybe more fun, like, <laughs> <laughs> do you want to put your basilisk in my chamber of secrets? That's <laughs> a really great way. Harry Potter reference. <laughs> Yeah, I think people have, I've I've also heard another Harry Potter one that was like, "Do you want to like slither in to my bed or something like that?" I like that one. You know, if you're if you and the person are super, you know, you can have some fun with that. You could get some niche, like different different topics. Like, yeah, different. So you can get fun with it as yeah, long as it's yeah. pretty explicit that what you're asking for is consent exactly, and for a particular yeah. like activity, I guess. Right. Um, but yeah, there's also and there's really fun ways to say yes to consent as mm-hmm. well. It could just be, it could just be a simple yes, I guess. Like, yeah, that, that's simple enough. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, but it also oh. could just, oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> there could be, you could say, fuck yes. Mm-hmm. That's a great, if you're really, like, you just want to be, like, really into it. You're you're down for it. Yeah, we have abs of fuck me lutely, but I kind of like abs of fucking lutely better. It just rolls mm-hmm. off the tongue better. Yeah. I'm trying to, I don't know of any other ones that we've gotten that are pretty cl- mm. creative. Um, you can play around with it. As long as it's clear what you're saying. And then there's also fun ways to say no. Like, we don't have to feel bad about a no, too. I think that's important to remember. Yeah. Um, And also another thing that's important to remember is we don't need to give an excuse or anything. Like, if we don't want to engage in something, then that's totally fine. So we can say no in fun ways. Like, you shall not pass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's also, like... Um, you know what? Like, if we wanted to, like, I don't really want to do this right now. But if we want to work up a sweat, like, let's just go to the gym. Like, let's go like play some racquetball. Like, right? You know, we could, yeah. you know, could bring up other things that we do want to do with that person yeah. that just may not be the sexual activity or whatever at that time. Yeah. yeah. And even like, if you're doing one sexual activity and maybe you don't want to move on to a different one, like, you could just say like, no, but like, let's keep making out doing what we're doing and like Mm -hmm. having fun with that and then you know revisit another thing another time yeah yeah and again like just to reiterate too like yeah don't no excuses you don't have to i think there are i um at least personally i've heard things online and things in shows or movies or people say no oh no i can't i don't want to because i i like i'm feeling sick or i can't and i think like if that's like a safe space for you to say something like that or you know that is your reason for not giving consent then you have to do what's good for us but it's also you like you don't really deserve you can you can begin honest with that person and be completely true to what you're actually feeling because you don't owe anybody consent or an excuse honestly i think also sometimes like with consent especially with like people maybe in long-term like relationships it can kind of I think people have this question a lot of like well if I'm in this long-term relationship like we're not always asking 
like, do I always have to ask for consent because it can sometimes kind of be like an expectation, like that we're maybe going to have sex with our partner. But I would say like, it still obviously like is important to make sure you have that consent, but it's very much like in your relationship kind of how things, well, I don't know what you guys have to say about that, but like, yeah, I think for relationships, again, it's still a, um, there is, I think, again, it's complicated. I think like the alcohol situation and, um, I think it's, it's, it kind of falls in line with another topic where you talk about nonverbal consent. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, and I think in a relationship, there is that underlying, um, there might be that underlying, yeah, we are kind of always down for this or we're kind of, you know, not, we're, we're, we're sexually active with each other. So this is an activity we, we like, we like to like to do with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and even that situation, like you don't, because you're in a relationship, you don't owe that yeah. person your consent or owe it like oh sex to them or any yeah. sexual activity to them and yes th- that could again like play around like nonverbal consent which is like another form of consent which is more so focusing on body language mm-hmm. um it could even be like the look on someone's face their eyes things right. like that and it can be another tricky way to navigate consent but it is again something that's real and part of reality yeah um, I don't think anything else to say about nonverbal consent. No, I think that's good. Like nodding or again, body language, um, like reading people's expressions too. Like, especially in a relationship, you should like know kind of what your partner yeah. is conveying with their expressions. So being cognizant of that. I think another thing topic we can go into here is coercion. Just talking about um, like with a relationship and that expectation that consent is kind of always given Mm -hmm. um so just talking about types of coercion because i think with sexual assault that's not talked about as much Mm -hmm. and i think it's harder to recognize but things like um in a relationship expecting to always have sex or like kind of transactional sex so if you go out to dinner maybe like you go on a date and they Mm -hmm. expect that you're like you are going to sleep with them that night like any other examples of coercion yeah, I think that I guess like the the term that I've always heard with that is like, or we talk about on our pod, our not podcast, our our programs a lot, is the term of like uh, date rape, where mm-hmm. it's like, there it's a it's like really common in which people go out with somebody else that they just were gonna go on a date with or just interested in, and automatically there's an expectation set that this is what's gonna happen next, and yeah. it ends up leading to a non-consensual situation and but then there's it gets complicated because people might you know talk about it in a sense of being like oh but you 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 liked them you went to dinner with them and stuff like that and again like there's no it's not transactional mm-hmm. it, there's no um no one owes anybody anything at any time um and i think yeah i don't know any other, like examples i'm trying to think like, for that I situation think one it's thing my birthday like Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, I think we've talked about this, like, before and, like, at Sex Out Loud, but, like, I think it's an example we used about, like, maybe somebody going to, like, a Greek life event with somebody. Yeah. Because that kind of thing is, in some ways, a little maybe more prevalent, like, when we talk about Greek life and, like, somebody Mm -hmm. going to, like, some sort of, what are they called? Social? Like, date nights. Yeah. Formals. Then there's that kind of, like, expectation, like, because we went to this, like that we can um like have sex afterwards when like we've said there is not one yeah i think also um 
oh my gosh i had an idea now it disappeared um it's the like date nights i feel like are like that and then also i even think so to an extent with um like online dating apps there can be an expectation of oh we matched already it's on tinder Mm -hmm. there's a reputation for tinder being a hookup app to an extent no boundaries were set from the beginning of what i guess like no one really asked for the intentions at first which again like you don't need to know the intentions for like there to be like you know consent needed and things like that yeah um but i feel like yeah you go on a date you might go on a date with someone from an online dating app and it seems like transactional it's like or or it seems like an expectation i would say less so transactional being oh we matched this person automatically gave me their consent that they want to hook up with me again not true we don't know we may not even know that person until we met that person it's um yeah it has to be given for it's anything to happen there's also like things we talk about like in terms of barrier methods and like like making sure that like we're informed about like what we're using and like in terms of like people you know maybe there's instances where like somebody is like not Sorry, I don't know what I'm saying, but you know, like, what's the the sabotage? The oh, uh, oh like contraception. Uh, yeah, sabotage. yeah. I just feel like that's an important yeah. thing to bring up. That is an important part of consent because, like, if you agree to a barrier method and then one partner isn't using that, um, or like stops using it, then that is part of assault. Like, you agreed to something. You guys both said like you're gonna use a condom, for example, and then also just talking about. Um, like if we are on birth control mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, and then also like STI status. So this is all under informed what we were talking about earlier, but yeah. Yeah. And I think STI status, like that's also like pretty, Im- it's very important because mm-hmm. you know, certain STIs people um, may carry and they might even know they carry the STI. Um, that is very important to share with a partner before any sexual activity because um yeah STIs is like some are not so serious but some can be serious or like more can affect a person's life more if it is transmitted things like that so it's definitely it's very it's going to affect that other person or could it potentially affect that person in a I guess a, a bigger way than we might anticipate it in ourselves yeah. I guess I'm not sure but I think yeah. it's very important to yeah discuss that discuss barriers discuss the partners and everything like yeah. that to make sure we know yeah. like the whole situation i guess right I, mean, I guess we're gonna talk more about this in the future and dive more into stis but where's a fun place we can get tested on campus guys uhs yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's free and easy 333 east campus mall get tested guys Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a thing to note too is with UHS, um, I believe their general testing is just testing for chlamydia and gonorrhea. But if we're looking to get tested for other kinds, we just have to set up, I believe, like a sexual health appointment. And you can, I believe, I believe like the nurse will typically call you before the appointment and confirm what tests you're looking for because I might yeah. need to be like a lab set up, things like that for certain other testing. But it's a great um way an accessible way for students at least um, on campus to get their testing done as well as if we're in the community within madison planned parenthood is a great mm-hmm. option as well yeah. to get testing done um yeah we'll definitely talk about more options yeah too yeah in the future but yeah. just while we're here talking about stis yeah to make yourself more informed to yeah. go to these places yeah <laughs> um 
I think like one thing to emphasize too just in general about consent is that like consent like should be it's required for like any sexual activity yeah just like so we know like that we're talking about like whether it's just like penetrative sex or even just like kissing you know it's it's required for all of that which is important to note i think yeah That's a good point to bring up, like, maybe some myths about consent and sexual assault, Mm because one of those is, like, you only need consent for penetrative sex, which isn't true. Yeah. Um, There are a lot of different myths and misconceptions. Um, One good one is, like, the kind of stranger rape myth. It's that, like, you're, I don't know, if you're sexually assaulted, it's going to be by a stranger like the scary man lurking in the alley or like mm-hmm. hiding in the bushes or something um but most sexual assaults do happen by someone you know um so i think that's important to like remember too because I mean, we can also talk about victim blaming and stuff like that but it's a big part of it yeah and i think another thing going along with the stereotypes of um sexual assault and statistics and things like that i um, want to talk about is that men are um, pe- people who identify as male um, don't get sexually assaulted. That's a, a big notion, I believe, out yeah. there. I feel like mm-hmm. that's something that I always heard growing up. And, uh, yeah, that's not true. That's definitely not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, they deserve to be talked about. And also, like, the victims deserve to be believed in those situations as well. There shouldn't be a, stere- um, I guess, a narrative of that oh, this person is talking about, uh, this person who's a man talking about how they are sexually assaulted. Oh, that doesn't happen to men. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Um, yeah, there should be, yeah, like, no victim blaming. They should believe the victim. Right, and these ideas about, like, masculinity, I feel like male victims will be kind of shut down. Like, that's not masculine. Like, Yeah, yeah. it's not safe space them to come yeah. forward. Yeah, because um, I think the rates are, like, similar, but yeah. men come forward less because of this like mm-hmm. stigma around it yeah the stats could be definitely mixed up because there is probably a lack of r- record right. of it i would just i would just i'm assuming i'm not sure yeah i don't know like official numbers but i think like in statistics that we have um like self-identifying males do get sexually assaulted less but again like you guys are talking about reporting is a big deal like there's so many numbers we don't know about um Oh, yeah. So I think, like, taking any statistics we look at with a grain of salt, too. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I actually do have um, a little report Okay. from Wisconsin. This is in 2019, so it's the um, American Association of Universities Survey on Sexual Assault and Misconduct. So there are, like, a lot of, a lot of data here I'm looking at, so I'm not going to go into all of it, yeah. but it's looking at sexu- sexual assault since entering university so at uw madison um and i think so for this one it has like self-identifying women in 2019 26.1 percent of undergraduate women at uw madison had experienced sexual assault um and then this is 54 pages so i cannot find (laughs) the data on men right now but it does break it down like um so there's race and ethnicity so this is disproportionately happening to like biracial multiracial it's 19 percent um 
Latinx and black populations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is available online if anyone does want to look at it, but Mm. this is 2019 data. I don't know if we have anything like super recent because I don't know when these surveys are done. Yeah, I'm not sure either when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah, and those are just like the reported Mm -hmm. ones, Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think this is like survey so people self-report, but Mm -hmm. again, not everyone wants to come forward. Not everyone wants to talk about it. Yeah, no, exactly. Not not everyone has to. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, yeah, so definitely something to look like account for. Right. Also, something that these are all stats to think about. We're thinking about yeah, like consent myths and questions we might have about, you know, not taking everything you hear about um, consent and sexual assault and things like that, like for what they are. Mm-hmm. They're pretty complicated topics, and um, you know, have there's a lot of stuff behind it that can be looked at yeah I feel like um when we're talking about consent like there's a lot of things people will tell especially to women like to protect yourself from sexual assault Mm -hmm. so things like carrying pepper spray never walking home alone stuff like that which like are all like good things to do for safety reasons but this is putting all of the responsibility like on potential victims of sexual assault so it is like a little messed up in that sense yeah like we should be doing work to stop the actual like assault right like instead of just reacting to it yeah 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 exactly like yeah getting that consent culture mm-hmm. out there in the world and also yeah not necessarily teaching um people to protect themselves but more so making sure people aren't like yeah. sexual activities with people exactly like teaching consent like better in school i feel like could be helpful yeah that's an important thing with sex out loud too is like part of our like our our sexual health programs that's like really important talking about consent is that it isn't really taught a lot in a lot of no Mm -hmm. uh, sexual health programs um or even maybe mentioned as an important aspect of what might happen which is it might entail more so if you went if you had one it might have more been like barrier methods birth control and like this is what is going to happen if this isn't used or whatever yeah. but not the build up to those activities yeah. which is so important i remember we were talking about this like a while ago but it was like a tiktok of parents just yeah. practicing consent with their kids so like asking for consent with everything just to teach them about it and like how important it is like i think it was if they wanted to like pick them up or something asking if that was okay yeah because it, it can extend to like all areas yeah of it's life. not just about sex too yeah oh yeah it can extend yeah to like yeah parent relationships with children mm-hmm. um and even like i think consent can show itself in conversations like you have with friend family whomever just asking like oh is it okay that like i'm you know talking about you know this or doing this even our programs we ask the audience for consent take a dildo out yeah so it's just like making making sure like at all to like you're just really making safe spaces for people around you right and i think practicing it in like a lot of different areas of life also help again to create this culture of consent so yeah we're like more comfortable using that and like asking more times in sexual activity yeah definitely no, no it's definitely listener challenge holistic. ask for consent <laughs> what'd you say listener challenge practice 
yes asking for consent <laughs> in lots of areas of yeah. life yes definitely fun ways use our ask. fun yeah use our fun examples yeah maybe something yeah than... yeah not even yeah but not even sexual activities <laughs> something fun for like other things like right. i don't i'm not sure an example right now but taking food crazy. from your friend what'd you say taking food from your friend like oh, if you're out yeah. to eat yeah even like i feel like taking pictures of people is like yeah. Oh yeah, too. that's a good point. Oh yeah, like oh, can I post this yeah. online? Are you comfortable with that? I think that's like a huge thing. I feel like for people, at least I'm around, it's like I'll always ask, like, oh, can can I can I post this picture of us? Like, I don't want you to be uncomfortable by yeah. it, or like go over your boundaries or something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah. So yeah, like Jordan said, practice consent. <laughs> yeah, because that's the like, challenge yeah. of the week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm trying to remember if we. I don't think we talked about consent in my sex education. I do remember my senior year, like, uh, sometime during the end of the year, we did like a consent panel, mm-hmm. and we watched. Did you guys ever watch those like really weird consent videos? Like, I don't. Think I don't. So. Was it like the ones that were like this, like no, or this? Like, yeah, I don't. I feel like made of. <laughs> I don't know. I wish I could remember like what it was called, but this one was like. It was like a video game or something, and they were at a party, um, and it was just talking about like what was consensual and what oh, wasn't. Have you seen? That? I remember those. Do you remember okay, any, like, yeah, specific... I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, we yes. had to watch that um, and talk about it. So they did do that, which in us like I, it was good, um, but I don't remember the video. I feel like there were problems with it. Yeah, I think it just the ones they do talk things situations in which they did talk about. I think there were commercials I saw about yeah. it, like. There was that one commercial, I think, where I feel like I saw something where a, a guy, you know, was like, oh, no, I'm taking her home. Or it was like on some, com- I don't know what channel, MTV okay. or something. And the guy like pops in and is like, that's not cool. Like if you do this or whatever. <laughs> and I, 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 the message was a Greg. I have very good intentions, yeah. I believe. But again, right. like we having, you know, groups like Sex Out Loud and Planned Parenthood and like the podcast like mm-hmm. today, like. We're just trying to get across that it's a very complicated, it mm-hmm. can get complicated, yeah. and that it's not, you know, it's, like, very important, and it, but it's also, like, not as simple, you know, as it might come out to be, and yeah. it can show itself in many different areas, and also in many ways, like, it can show itself in many ways in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, becoming more comfortable using consent, like, in your daily life can just really seep into, like, using consent in a sexual, like, situation, because I think, like... They're, they're, like we've talked about before, there's just kind of like a, oh, like, I don't, like, it's awkward or, like, it ruins the mood to, yeah. like, ask for consent when, like, it, I mean, we're not, we're still gonna, like, be, like, be able to have a good time and, right. like, you know, enjoy having sex, like, even asking for consent. Yeah. So I think, like, getting past that is important, too. Yeah, I feel like a safe space and yeah. consent is sexy. Yeah. Like, that, like <laughs> that's a be safe sex like, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like, practice more, like, sexy ways to ask for consent, too. Like, it doesn't, what we were saying earlier, it doesn't have to be robotic. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have anything else to, like, say about the topic. I don't think so. I mean, I feel like we had a good discussion here today. Yeah. yeah excited think, for the I next hope, one. I hope you listeners, like, under, now understand, like, a little bit more of, like, where Sex Out Loud stands mm-hmm. or with um, our definition of consent. Um and maybe the ways that we can practice it in our lives and, you know, really trying to up that consent culture. Yep. Yeah. Um, if you have any questions, yeah. you can email us. Yes. Ask.sexoutloud yeah. at gmail.com. Yeah. And then we definitely, we do have 
I believe sometimes we have consent workshops and things like yeah. that. So, you know, keep your eyes out for our Instagram, um, at sex out loud, um, for those kinds of workshops, if they pop up yes. or also honestly, rebranding and our Instagram looks really cool. Yeah. We're, yeah. Our rebrand is looking so good. <laughs> Shout out Jane. Yes. Yeah, we're going to, future episodes, we'll dive more into some of these topics we talked about, too, and really get into all these different aspects of consent. Yeah, so, look, I guess look out next for us, our our next um, question that'll pop up on the radio and see what, I guess, the next topic we're going to talk about, but, yeah, I think, I think we did cover yeah. most of the, what we're going to talk about, yeah. Thanks for listening. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is brought to you by WSUM Student Radio. For more information, head over to WSUM.org or sexoutloud.org. Looking for more from WSUM? Check out our FM signal for dynamic music and talk shows, live sports broadcasts, and daily news coverage. We're proud to bring you alternative programming 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Tune in to WSUM 91.7 FM Madison for something you won't find anywhere else.